If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Dunes and tumblers Put that record on Right down Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up those feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'm actually feeling like I'm in a good mood today. The sun is shining, I've paid my rent, and the beach is calling me by my full government name. In fact, I don't think I have anything negative to say today. You know, I I don't feel like talking about how we messed up as a society when we decided acapella groups were good, or that Harry's House was a mid-album, or even that Coachella is just an excuse for the Kardashians to be seen in public. I'm feeling way too positive to mention any of that. So instead, I'm going to pour a cold drink while listening to some equally chill tunes. Please share the good vibes responsibly. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I asked one of my partners in crime to stop talking shit about Elon Musk on her new Threads account and join me on the air instead, and she is... Lily, your copywriter, who is always in a good enough mood to talk shit. (laughs) And our guest today is a self-described bipolar Nepali nomad who took the world by storm right when it was shutting down. He made his way from Nepal to India, Germany, Canada, and finally the United States, bringing with him a wealth of experience that he wove into a chameleonic mix of alternative and hip-hop tailor-made for the TikTok age. He started making music at 14 and eventually found his stage name through an homage to his two favorite artists, Joy Division's Ian Curtis and Frank Ocean. He rose to prominence in April 2020 when a 15-second snippet of his song Stunnin' started to go viral on everyone's favorite social media platform, eventually gaining north of 300 million streams and hitting number three on Rolling Stone's Breakthrough 25 chart. And more importantly, it eventually became the theme song for the TNT mascot, Pierogi the Black Pug. He's here today to talk all about his new album, Bad Son, which hit streaming last month and is a testament to his heritage and his most personal artistic statement to date. Tunes and Tumblers fan, please welcome Curtis Waters to the pod. I exist. I'm here. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Yeah, welcome. We've been trying to make this happen for a long time. It's great to finally get you in the room, even if it's just a digital room. Okay, cool. I'm glad we can admit it's a digital room. Sometimes we do interviews and they like make you pretend you're there or they make you pretend it's live. So I'm glad I don't have to lie today. Yeah, it'd be something if I was the only one in the room who had, you know, a professional microphone. Yeah, true. True, but I'm glad today is a day of honesty for us. Yeah, so we're going to keep it honest and pour some delicious drinks to keep that honesty flowing. But, you know, unfortunately, I've got to mention that our mixologist, Kaylin, couldn't be here today. She's in recovery from surgery, so I will do my best to make her proud. But before that, we need to break the ice. Tell me, what has everyone been listening to recently? 
I'll go first. I've really been on an ice spice kick recently, um, mm-hmm. like the entire world. I don't know <laughs> where she came from, but she has like kind of been the breakthrough artist of 2023, and I'm down for it. Her flow is really rapid fire. It's giving me like early Megan the Stallion vibes. I don't understand a lot of the hate that she is getting on social media. It's like anytime somebody posts like a video of her, the reply guys are just like trying to tear her down. I'm like, what is going on? Like she's a new artist. She only has like one EP and like a couple of hits. She's got a lot of room for growth, but I'm I'm here for it. What's everyone's opinion of Ice Spice? Does anyone else understand why people are hating on her? People are just mad, man. People don't want to see someone win. And people yeah, don't want to see someone feel Ice Spice is incredible. I love Ice Spice. Like, in the short time she's been here, she's had so many fucking hits, dude. She's been back to back to back to back. So anyone that's hating on Ice Spice, you know, you got to go to therapy. You got to see what <laughs> you have got. You know, whatever you got going wrong with you. This is a personal issue. <laughs> would agree. I think some people just hate to see a girl boss winning. And that is exactly what she's doing, picking up some big dubs. Yeah. What have you been listening to, Lily? Well, I feel like I need to come clean about something that I've been keeping as a secret for some time now. I have been a closet Blackpink stan Mm. for a while. Blackpink is really my only K-pop entrance, let's say, like really the only K-pop that I listen to. However, through listening to them, I've been able to discover a couple of other bands that I've only now recently started to get into. And forgive me if I'm not pronouncing it right, but Le Seraphim, Le Seraphim, they're a K-pop group that I have recently really, really started to dig. And their album Unforgiven is so amazing. Like, I think I like Blackpink more for the energy, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily the lyrics. My friends and I, who I've let in on this very personal and private secret, love to listen to it, but will also, you know, when a lyric like look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane comes on, we'll giggle a little bit. But I think with Seraphim, I, I like more for the actual music itself. They have one song called Impurities that has been playing on repeat in my head nonstop. And so if you're looking for any sort of entry into the K-pop world that is not Blackpink or BTS, Unforgiven is an amazing album to start with. Mm-hmm. K-pop. I like K-pop. I do get overwhelmed by it because it's so maximalistic sometimes. So I have to totally. really be in, you know, I went to an Asian restaurant yesterday and they were playing a lot mm-hmm. of K-pop, but it's like so just like so many changes, so maximalistic. It, it gets overstimulating if, yeah. if you're not in the right mood, I feel like. No, I totally agree. Some K-pop for me is a little too sugary, if that makes any yeah. sense. It's a little too bubblegum pop for my personal taste. But this particular album kind of roots itself in like a house beat. There's a lot of cool. house influences. And you can still feel that pop, but I feel like there's a broader reach of genre that they find in this one particular album. If you're looking for something hype and purely entertaining, I think that this is a really good one for that. Cool. I've been listening to like, well, when I listen to music, it's like based on colors. So when I was working on my album, there was a lot of red colors for black and white. And it was like this like intense color. Like when I was working on it, it was like yellows and it was very like contrasted, you know? Lately, I've been really into blues. So like some of the blue music I've been enjoying is I love Party Next Door. He just dropped a new song. I think it's incredible. It's a really good Party Next Door song. I've been really into like um, UK rap and stuff. And there's this guy, I think his name is like Ant Live or something. There's a song called La La La. So, or Ooh La La. I don't know, something like that. But mostly just like listening to shit. And I'm like, oh, does this feel blue? And then I'll put it on a playlist of blue songs. So synesthesia. I totally feel that. I don't know. I mean, people say that maybe. I don't know, because I don't know if I had that before I was making music a lot. But I feel like when you make music, because I do a lot of graphic design and directing, and like there's so many other things that go into it together that you, I think you sort of have to learn to adapt and sort of combine those different senses. So maybe I have it, maybe I don't. Because sometimes people will say shit like, oh, I ate this burger and it was blue, or like I listened to this music and it tastes like, me like I'm like, I'm like what the fuck are you guys talking about you guys are lying or maybe you're not maybe it does happen to you so i don't know but you know certain songs sound like certain colors i would be really interested to hear if we went down all of us to like find out what everybody relates what color to what artist would be because i'm sure that it'd be different for all of us yeah but true. maybe have similar themes within like i don't know like when i think of like the stuff i've been into lately is like 
purplish blue even like something like, i don't know, like bryson tiller party next door stuff like that feels very like bluish you know what i mean versus something like joy division has this like gray murky mm. brown tone and mm. i don't know if that's like so- a mental for me it feels obvious you know like i don't think i'm like i have a thing and i'm special you know it just feels like yeah i mean it feels obvious i guess but maybe it's not i don't know curtis have you ever heard of arden i think he spells his name a-r-t-y-n He's a no. British rapper, and I'm glad you brought up British rap because nobody that I know likes British rap like as much as I do. But he's a British rapper that I've been a big oh, fan of for cool. a while. No, I literally got into British rap yesterday, so I know nothing about <laughs> it. I literally got into it yesterday when I was at the gym. I was like, "Oh, this is sick!" And I yeah. think like the accents are sick. Like even when I was making a lot of the songs in the album, you know, I was like pretending to be British sometimes. Like when I was making Manic Man, I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't know," because you can't do a lot of sure. accent because it's kind of racist. But I feel like no one gets mad at you if you do the British accent, so it's totally fine. So far. I think the British have earned more than enough making you know, fun of. You know, you know all the colonization and all that stuff. The least we can yeah. do is do a little accent. What are they going to do? I think they've earned a little mockery. There's nothing like watching an episode of Love Island and just repeating everything everybody says, but in the most offensive accent you possibly can. Dude, I mean, it's not even like mockery, though. It just sounds hard. When you get on like a post-punk <laughs> song... You can't sound like you're from North Carolina. That sounds fucking <laughs> stupid, bro. You got to pretend Britain. Totally. Well, listeners, do you want to hear more of what we've had on repeat? Why not go over to Spotify and check out our YBLT playlist? YBLT stands for what have you been listening to? But you'll know you found the playlist when you find a picture of a sandwich because we're all about BLTs. And this BLT has a ton of condiments that include Lily's taste, my taste, Jamie's taste, Kaylin's taste who else is part of this show eric from time to time yeah just check it out we have so many different flavors so many things to enjoy and if you are an artist looking to get exposure please send us your stuff or your friends stuff we love listening to new artists and we love featuring them on the show on the spotify playlist everywhere on our socials just hit us up but i think that i'm talking way too much and i need to make myself a drink i got something waiting for us into the bar but First, we need to card you, Curtis. What did you bring to show our bouncer today? Man, I bought this uh, Dragon Ball manga, what I used to read when I was a kid. What I got. Very big, bro. Um, Very fucking fat. Got some color segments, too. Yeah, is what I got. Oh, wow. So is that like the original or is this like a new Dragon Ball series? No, Dragon Ball is like the OG one. Like this is from like the 90s. This is before I was even born. So Dragon Ball is, I don't know how much you guys are into it, but Dragon Ball is when he was a kid. Dragon Ball Z when he's like a normal person. But yeah, this is my favorite thing when I was a kid. I used to actually go by the name Trunks when I was a kid as a producer. And I used to like get the same haircut as him. I used to try to get the same color. But then there was this other guy who's like a rapper named Trunks. So I couldn't take that name anymore. So I made up Curtis Waters. Uh, Amazing. The origin story here. There you go. We got right here. You know what? I think that worked because our bouncer is a huge fan of Dragon Ball. So welcome to the Tunes and Tumblers bar. This is the best bar in LA for cocktails. We have one of the best menus for cocktails. And as far as I am concerned, I think it's the only bar that has a magical jukebox that can play whatever we want. Lily, would you like to demonstrate what are we listening to today? I mean, I can demonstrate, but you guys might want to stand back because last time I tried this, some random patron accidentally got hit with whatever the weird goop is that powers this thing. And I recently saw her on YouTube and she was playing this really weird 10 minute ukulele song about bony little back and how much of a loser she is. So yeah, I I wouldn't (laughs) recommend giving this at home. But today the jukebox seems to be working in my favor and she is spinning a record that feels like the hypest diary entry you have ever heard. It's an album that follows the life of a nomad as he explores the inner workings of a shadowy and unscrupulous industry, death herself, and perhaps the most frightening of all, the inner workings of his own mind. And this adventure is a soundtrack by a complex range of musical styles and social influences reaching from Justin Timberlake to communism. And the record is, of course, Curtis Waters' newest LP, Bad Son. Sick. (laughs) Woo! I love it. Now comes my turn. I have only done this once before on our Surf Curse episode, but it is my turn to try to take over the bar as the bartender. I have no idea where Kaylin and Pedro have kept anything. So I, like, was rifling in shelves 
looking like under the floorboards where like I found a stack of Pokemon cards. I didn't end up using those in the cocktail, but I really gravitated toward your story, Curtis, about like your travels, how you've gotten from where you came from to where you are. And I think in the album, you kind of capture that perfectly. And probably the most fun track for me is Himbo. And because I love wordplay, I have created something called the Himalayan Himbo based on your tastes. Hey, whoa, nice. Now, what I did was I took your favorite flavors of mango and Gatorade, which you told me you like to sip on when you're feeling fancy. So we turned that into a fancy cocktail. It's essentially a mango margarita, if you can see it here. Whoa, it's real. Yes, it's real. I made it. It exists. What I did was I made a mango puree that has agave nectar and lime zest, and I mixed that with mezcal, orange Gatorade, and lime. And then I rimmed the lip here with like my own kind of tahini, except it has powdered Dali Kursani chilies, which are from Nepal. So Yeah, wow. I tried. Is it I, good? We tried it. Yes, I did, and it actually tastes really good because in margaritas you have like the triple sec or the Cointreau, which is the orange, and all I did was take that out and put in orange Gatorade instead, and it works. Mm. Crazy. Oh yeah, Where it's did really you good. Get all these ingredients. I like. I looked at the ingredients and I was like, dude, this feels like I'm like making a potion. <laughs> Well, mango nectar, you can actually, like, if you're making mango nectar on your own, or if you're just picking it up at the store, you can get it at, like, BevMo. Like, all of this stuff, I found at, like, Ralph's or Kroger, depending on where you are. The only thing was the chilies, which I had to get from, like, a Middle Eastern market. They were just dried chilies, and I just threw them in my, what is it, a magic bullet, and mixed it with salt. And there there you go. Oh, yeah, there's also cardamom in the mango puree to kind of give it that, like, floral flavor a little bit mm. Mm. crazy i'm gonna try it yeah sorry that i'm the only one drinking today but cheers to bad sun everybody yeah it's water cheers. i'm sick of the knees sick of the games sick of the disrespect i might just move out of the mountains i ain't finished the mission yet i'm done with the things i ain't shaking hands because i'm trying to disconnect they say i'm the prince of nepal it just ain't official yet bitch get ready when this shit drop gets ready y'all done fucked up i'm petty is that tea? It's coffee yeah. in my Jane Austen mug. I don't know who that is, but I'm sure they exist. Jane Austen. She, Jane Austen. She was a, a writer back in the day. Cool. And by back in the day, I mean like 200 years ago. So not the 1990s. <laughs> not quite, no. <laughs> you know what's cool. really funny is that I went axe throwing a few weeks ago and the coach, because like you need a coach for liability reasons at the axe throwing place, we were making jokes, but because we're millennials, like all of them were falling flat. We were talking about Austin Powers and he's like, what's Austin Powers? I'm like, you know, the Mike <laughs> Myers movies, the spy who shagged me. He's like, I've never heard of that. I'm like, how old are you? He's like 19. Oh, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> the year 2000 was before you were born. That is insane. Yeah. Well, I was in 1999 December, but in my head, I'm still like, dude, if you're after 2000, it's not, it's not real. Like you're you like a alive. If you weren't alive. For 9-11. But if you're older you... than me, then you're like washed up. But if you're younger than me, like something's wrong too. So born in the year nineteen ninety-nine, get the fuck out of here. Ninety-nine <laughs> is fine. December is fine, yeah. but what about don't get August? too comfortable around it though. Yeah, fair. Is August ninety-nine is that appropriate? August is fine. I think ninety-nine is safe, okay. you know, but because after two thousand, you're really not even human. That is a very bold statement. Would you care to elaborate? <laughs> Here's my boomer take, okay? This is my boomer All take. Right. I think I'm making this up on the spot. So if I'm wrong, you know, whatever. But okay, here's my take. And I'm going to go on a tangent. So because I grew up in Nepal, technology hadn't fully integrated into society yet. So when I was younger, we didn't really have the internet. And we didn't really have computers like that. So we were always outside. We were always playing outside and shit. And this is very like Facebook boomer of me. But then I think once the internet became so popular humanity has like changed on a very fundamental level to the point where we can't exist without technology at all now. And even though we are physically separated, I think mentally we're inseparable from technology to the point where we're cyborgs. You know what I mean? The next step of human evolution isn't going to be like a physical thing, but it's going to be something where technology is going to blend with our humanity. But that's why I think if you're born after 1999, you're not even like a normal human. You're like fucked. These That's kids and their phones, man. Just these kids. And- <laughs> I, I have had plenty of tangents and conversations that follow a very similar 
stream of thought. So I get you, man. You don't sound I think crazy. It's only gonna get worse. I think uh, you know, sums in the air. Yeah. But today, today is a day of positivity. Mm. I agree. Wait, did you guys say something? I was posting on my Threads account. <laughs> uh, you couldn't pay me enough to give Zuck more of my data. Part of me that wants to join, but at the same time, I cannot give the Zuck the satisfaction of another account that I created in his honor. I think it's just the same account you have from Instagram, but I'm not going to fight his battles for him. I just want to get all of my memes away from Elon. That's that's my whole thing. Fair. There's too much social media now. There's too many things. You know, I don't care who wins. Let's just let, let's just let someone win, bro. Like, I don't want to have to post the same fucking meme on every single fucking social media and like turn it into a TikTok and turn it a tweet. Let's just have one thing, you know? Mm. Totally. Don't care who wins as long as we get the shit over with. Let's just keep it efficient, man. It's got to be the Highlander situation. They all got to fight until there's just one. (laughs) We put Zuck and Elon Musk in a room and whoever walks out of that room gets to be the king of the internet. I don't know how how I feel about that, though. Well, they're doing that, right? Aren't they going to fight in the Coliseum or something? No, nah, they stopped because I think Elon Musk's mother told him not to or something. It was really <laughs> weird. Yeah. This is like so <laughs> kindergarten. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, it's just, hey, sorry, we can't fight in the parking lot anymore. My mom said I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> Oh, man, we should probably talk about your album now, Curtis. Yeah. Get too deep to this rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Let's pull ourselves out of the rabbit warren. And instead, this is your second album. Pity Party was yeah. your first. I want to know how the creative process differed from you when you went into making this album as opposed to your first. I mean, the first one, I was like in a college dorm or my, my mom's like house. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't have any music friends. I was just doing it all by myself. I couldn't even like make music loudly because my mom was in the other room and she would make fun of me. So I had to be really secretive when I was making my first album. And also like I was working at Tropical Smoothie. I was in school. Like I wasn't really in it like that. You know what I mean? Whenever I had time, I would like go whisper quietly so nobody would hear me and like try to finish stuff. This time around, I was like, oh, this is for real. Like I really got to do this shit, you know? And like I went to Canada. I went to LA. I did tours. I like did all the shit that you're supposed to do when you're an artist, I guess. Honestly, to me, like, this feels like my first, like, real album, but that's what everybody says, I think. I don't know. This took fucking forever. This was a pain in the ass. It wasn't easy. It was, like, a life. How long did it take together? I first came up with the idea for the album when I was 14, so that was, like, nine years ago, and I made, like, a bunch of albums, and I was trying to, like, because I had this color and the story and the characters already when I was a kid, because I used to draw comics, and I have the book somewhere here. So I made, like, the Bad Son comic, and the character was Curtis Waters. So since I was, like, 14, I was trying to make this album, but then every time I would make an album, I was like, oh, it's not good enough yet. Like, it's not, like, what it needs to be. So, like, even Pity Party or, like, mixtapes I've made, they were all supposed to be called Bad Son at one point. And, like, now, like, fucking nine years later, I was like, okay, yeah, this is, I did it. This is good. I told the story. Wow. Well, I think that really comes through on the album because when I listen to the two separately, Pity Party to me definitely feels more like a collection of songs where every song kind of has this individual identity. It sounds very unique. And while Bad Son also has that in the sense that like every song is very distinct, I think it has a far better flow throughout it. Mm. I think you can tell there's a sonic story taking place there, both in the lyrics and in the music, but you know, the songs transition into each other really, really well, while also mediating these great emotional levels between each song. Yeah, thank you. I really wanted to make some shit that was like what I was obsessed with when I was 14. Like I love Because of the Internet by Charles Gambino or Wolf. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to drop an album until I feel like this is as incredible as the shit that I grew up listening to. And it took me so long. The first version of this album I thought was going to be done two years ago, didn't get done. You know what I mean? I think the biggest thing from the first album to this album was just the expectation I had for myself and what I had to do to reach that, you know? And I'm sure we'll also get into talking about this in particular in a little bit, but after having a song go so viral and to get so much notoriety off of it, I'm sure that adds maybe a, an extra bit of pressure to feel completely comfortable and feel completely in love with what you're putting out when you realize that, oh, there are lots of people who are going to hear this and who are going to see this and who are going to be like paying attention to it you want to make sure that it is truly what you want to be doing. Yeah, I mean, it was so much pressure that I, I was like paralyzed for a really long time. And I couldn't really release any music. 
I think the biggest difference is like the way I internalize the pressure. Because there's two games you could play, right? You could be like, oh, there's so many people watching. I need to make another hit and I need to like have this like fucking moment again and kind of go down that path of, you know, this like race. And then the other thing was like, oh, okay, there's a lot of people here. Let me make something that's so honest to myself that 90% of these people will leave. And I think a big part of this album and just this new era is just like cutting down all the fat and like alienating all the people that aren't here to stay and building from scratch. You know what I mean? So yeah, I feel good about it. I think it's sort of like a rebirth in a way, you know? Absolutely. You want to identify the fan base that is there for you and for the stuff that feels the most like you. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I read is that Bad Son relates a lot to your experiences as an immigrant. I'm wondering if you can elaborate like the story that you created in that respect. It's sort of weird. Every time I try to describe it, I feel like I have so much difficulty. But then when I like even tell like an immigrant the name of the album, they'll be like, oh, I get it. I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? The same way I think like, you know, sometimes women will talk about certain things. And I think as a man, I'll try to understand. But then they have this like intrinsic connection. They know that experience. But yeah, it feels even weird articulating sometimes. But when I was 10 years old, I moved from Nepal to Canada and it was like a big change. And I don't know, just like dealing with racism and financial stuff and trying to make it out i guess i think a lot of it's like internal guilt and you know it's like it's like heavy it's it's weird to i guess even talk about it casually but i think it was just sort of this journey but you know at the end of the day i don't think the album is specific about my immigrant experience or like that's the only thing i think it's more so just like a general commentary on ego to me you know mm-hmm. like i think american dream capitalism ego it's not really something that is exclusive to somewhat of my demographic, I guess, you know? Yeah, and you've got Absolutely. like these two poles going on there too because you have songs on there that are just like really wild and tongue-in-cheek like Himbo and then you have Death Keeps Calling My Name. Do you find yourself kind of like grappling with these two different things at once or do you just like move from one place to another? Like how how is this all connected to you? Yeah, I mean, well, it was so confusing because, you know, it's easier to make songs like Death Keeps Calling My Name and Inner Child and stuff because um, it is what it is, right? But when you make something like Himbo or Petty, which are really fun, it's hard to explain why it fits into a narrative. And for a long time, I didn't even know how it would make sense in this album, you know? But then the way I kind of ended up working on the album was it's sort of three different albums. It's three different stories. The first is Inner Child, and then the middle section is Himbo, and the third section is Bad Son. So it's this story, and it's this like, arc where it's supposed to go like this. And um, each section is its own um character you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean if you like when i was writing it out it was definitely like the storytelling part of it like there's scenes and um i don't know like when i was making the music i wasn't thinking what genre is this or what does it sound like it was more so like hey right here we're in this fucking red carpet event and right here we're fucking fighting jeff bezos like it was just like this uh (laughs) video game in my mind you know what i mean so that's sort of the way i was um sculpting the track listing is there yeah, a video I'm, game where we can fight Jeff Bezos? Hey, you know what? Um, I'm actually, I, you know, well, you know. Stay tuned, yeah. listeners. Because, you know, anytime I do something, I grossly, grossly, like, um, miscalculate, like, how much effort it takes. Like, when I was starting this album, I didn't know how to make music. I had never made music in my life. I had, like, never done it. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I, like, learn how to make music and I'll drop this album next year. It took, like, 10 years to figure out how to make music. Um, I really want to make a video game. So I would love to tell everyone like, hey, I'm going to make a game and it'll come out next year. I have no idea how to make games, but eventually it'll come out. What kind of game would you want to make? Like fantasy RPG, first person shooter? Yeah, I think yeah, I'd love to make like an RPG. Like, a, I don't know. Like, I love Skyrim. I'd love some shit like that. Um, like take place in Nepal or something. But right now I want to make a game like Scott Pilgrim. Have you guys ever played the Scott Pilgrim game? Oh, yeah. I have. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah, I want to make something like that. Is it like playing through the movie? Yeah, well, yeah, because it was based on the comics first. So I feel like it takes direct, because um, they look like the comic characters that came out. Um, yeah, it's like the comic. Um, and then it's like a side stroller beat em up. So it's like yeah. very like classic. It's really fun. 8-bit brawler. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really cute. I want to yeah. make some stuff like that. Fun yeah. little indie game where you beat up Jeff Bezos while listening to Bad Son. Yeah, swag. Sick. <laughs> Going with this video game theme, if you had to choose one song that was like a main quest and one song that was like a side quest from this 
album? What do you think you would, which category like do you think? You yeah. What would you call like a main quest from this album versus like a side quest? Bunny is definitely like a side quest. It's like a little fun moment there. I don't know. Main oh. quest would probably literally be like the three songs. It's like Inner Child, Pimbo, um, American Dream. You know, that's like the three chapters of the mm-hmm. thing. Everything else is sort of like giving context to each section, I think. Totally. And I think that makes a lot of sense when you put, I, I when you listen to this album, you can feel a lot of the emotion that was put into it from your end. Um, and it's really nice to have those moments of levity. I mean, I mean, but you know what? Like, when I'm chilling, I don't even want to listen to the fucking sad songs. Like that shit is fucking depressing. That shit like triggers mm-hmm. me. Honestly, when I'm just hanging out, yeah. I just want to listen to like Petty and Bunny. Like those are the two songs I really listen to over and over. And, um, which is funny because in like a lot of people have, it's weird because Petty and Bunny to the story of the album aren't as crucial, I guess. But like, if I'm just driving around, I'm not trying to like fucking hear some guys like traumatic life story every time. That shit is fucking exhausting. I just want to like listen to like something fun for a bit, you know? Sure, dude. I mean, I, I just recently downloaded one of the um, Witcher DLCs, Blood and Wine. And I have to say, sometimes I'd rather play that than like the final Wild Hunt boss battle. Yeah, because I've played that game, but I'm sure you're making sense. Sure. I'm sure what you're saying <laughs> means something. Fans of The Witcher, comment below. Yeah. Would you rather do a DLC or a final battle? Yeah. Fun fact, I've had that game for like six years, and to this day, I've never gotten past like the tutorial world. Like, yeah. I, de- I defeated the Griffin, and then the world got super big, and I'm just like, whoa, this is too intense. I'm going to go back to my room. Yeah, the Griffin no, Forever I it like to finish. Ago, I was so excited to play it, and then I played a bit of it, and it was so overwhelming with the information. That I was like, "Dude, I'm literally this is too much." Mm-hmm. I totally feel that. That's exactly how I am with Breath of the Wild. I've tried to get into it, but the map is just way too huge for me to even begin to start like picking apart. You guys ever play Borderlands? Yes. No, I've I heard love it though. It's a fun game. I play it with my girlfriend all the time. Yeah, it's good. It's a good game. That's all. I have to say. And actually, I have more things to say. I like games where you can make your character. I like where I feel like I have a choice into the type of person I'm becoming. I like where you can upgrade skills and stuff. So that's what I really like in a game. Because that's what you do in real life. Exactly. I wish it was simple. I wish every time I completed something, it told me how many XP I got and like how many more XP till I get my next achievement and, and my next uh, my next thing on my skill tree. Well, you know, you know what's great though? I feel like when you play games a lot, you can kind of hack your brain into becoming a better person. Because I was really depressed for a little bit, and I was like playing Skyrim a lot, right? And I was like, dude, if I do this, I level up my like arching, and then I can do this, I can do this. And I was like, bro, I could just go to the gym. I could level up my muscles. You know, I could pick up things. I could, I could go to like this map, and I could go explore this place. You can just convince yourself life is worth living if you think it's a video game. Wow, I never thought of it that way, but that's a really good point. Really? I do it all the time. If I'm like feeling anxious or something, I'll just like force myself to talk to random people outside. Because, you know, in a game, you got to talk to a lot of people. You (laughs) force yourself to go talk to NPCs. Yeah, (laughs) Everyone's an NPC. (laughs) Dude, yeah, you have to or else you'll die. It's good, man. Every time you go in public, you got to talk to everyone because you never know what they might give you. They might give you an item. They might give you quests, information. It actually works. Real life is just like that. And if you ever see a chest out in public or a box that looks like it might have a cool sword in it, go in and open it. Always open things in public, open things, for break sure. things. Yeah, just don't for do for what sure. Link does and walk into people's houses and fuck shit up. Yeah, don't I'm just going to start walking into people's houses and smashing vases on the floor. I think that that's the you only know, way that there's I... There's like so many living. buildings you can just walk into. Like not saying you should, but like if you ever go downtown, right? Like obviously there's like buildings you know you can go to, right? But there's so many things, like, if you really open your mind to it, you can really enter a lot of buildings. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the courage, definitely. Yeah. If you leveled if you up your courage, Like, you know, like, you know, you'll see, like, a pottery class. You'll see a painting class. You'll see, like, shit everywhere. Who goes there? I don't know. You could just go there. So that's a new thought I'm, I'm developing right now. I really like that philosophy. I'm going to start implementing that in my own life as well. Just walking yeah. in places that's cool. And you finally yeah, gave me is. the little push I need to go to that pottery class I've been avoiding. Yeah, dude. Sick. You can you can go anywhere. And you can talk to most people too. Like what are they can't like hit you, you know. You can talk to most people. Like what are I they? I mean they do? could. They could hit dude, you, but, but 
like, well, you hear, like, even if they hit you, it's like a cool thing. It's like a story. Like, they can't kill you. Like, <laughs> usually, like, when you talk to someone, they won't kill you. It's only good. And even if something bad happens, it's a good story. So, Curtis, man, you are bringing so many, like, really profound philosophies to Thanks. this chat through the vehicle of video games. And I am so dead serious. I'm going to start, like, implementing these into my day-to-day -day life no, because I'm you make so really good points. I'm so serious. Like, like anxiety doesn't even have to exist. Like, what, what are they? They can't kill you. People really can't just kill you. You can do a lot of things. I mean, some people will kill you, but I think that the uh, the ratio of people who will kill you to the people who won't is uh, pretty pretty low. It's like a risk worth taking. Yeah, I think, I think that's so. a really good point. I had a I'm really good question that I wanted to ask to like wrap up our conversation, but I think I'm going to change it in light of the type of of things we've been talking about. Um, if your life, this is for both of you, if your life was a video game, tell me the genre. Oh, like what we would want it to be or what it actually is. Give like, are we both. being honest or are we being fun? Both? Give us both. Okay. Curtis, you want to go first? I really feel like I'm like in an MMORPG all the time. Like, but like, like Sims or like Barbie or something, you know, like Barbie, like career. Like, I really feel like I'm a Barbie. Like, I really feel like I could do anything um i could talk to anybody i you know it's just fun man you could go swimming you could go develop a new career you could have a hobby you could walk into buildings it's it's just great you know when you really start looking at it like what it is it's incredible man here's well, another thing though i would love to get in fights i'd love to work out and become strong and fight people as well but i haven't done that yet that's my take Oh my gosh, have you seen also... the Rick and Morty where they play realistic video games? No, no. no that, show, that show stresses me out. I get scared of that show. I don't like that one. It's really scary, but they do have this one episode where they like turn up the realism on their like console. And so they play Street Fighter, but they like both of their characters wake up in the morning and then they have to find each other in order to fight. And it's like, and you have like a rage meter. So you've got to like find each other before you forget why you're mad at each other. <laughs> it's like a fight, a fight isn't even guaranteed. That's adorable. I like that a lot. That Very is cute. really cute. Yeah, I like that. Maybe that's what I would like my, my life to be as a video game is just, you know, having a little bar at the bottom of my eyesight or at the bottom of my screen until I forget the reason that I'm accomplishing some task. And then I just move on to whatever the next quest is. That's just ADHD. Yeah. Well, you know, I wasn't. Like, but <laughs> like, this shit really isn't real. Like, if I'm being so honest, I don't care. You know, like musician career, I don't care. Like, you just have to make something up so that you don't want to die, and you have to like do things every day so that there's like a point, right? Like, who cares? You know, like I don't. Curtis Waters albums, music, marketing. What is this? You know, it's not fucking. It doesn't matter, really. You know, it's whatever. Everything like we're this is a this is an act in a way, right? Like we're doing it because if you don't, you're, you'll die. You know, you you'll kill yourself. So you got to kind of make up things so you want to. You have desires. That's my take. So mm. it's all you know. That's my take. But it's fun. It's good. It's good to make up things. You know, so you do things. But yeah, that's meta realism. It's like none of this matters, but I'm going to choose to do it anyway because it's fun or it means something to me. Yeah, and you have to like, like for me, I have to like convince myself that it means something, you know? Um, I'm like, I don't know. Does it matter? Maybe. It doesn't, but like, what are you going to do? You're not just going to like, die. you can't just like not do stuff, right? So like every, every few years, I'll have to like make a really grand goal to follow, you know? Whether it be like, oh, okay, I'm going to win a Grammy. Who cares? What's a Grammy? It doesn't matter. You just make it up. Just do it, right? And then make a video game. It just fucking doesn't matter. Just do it, right? Or else, what are you going to do, right? So... Mm. That's my, my yeah. take on life. Lily, what's your video Lily, game? Um, I think in reality, I have a very Animal Crossing style mm. like video game life because really most of my day to day is just eating stuff so that I can break more things and mm. redecorate places every couple of weeks and sometimes forgetting to talk to my neighbors and then they, wow. you know, get passive aggressive about how I haven't talked to them in a while. But if I could make my life into any video game, I think, I don't know. I have a very limited knowledge of video games. I've only played so many, but um, 
maybe in relation to what Curtis was saying, like something like Portal, where I just have a bunch of tasks and puzzles that I have to figure out so that I never get bored. And I'm constantly just finding new ways to put the block onto the button and get out of the room. I think that would give my life a lot of purpose. Except the cake is real. It's not a lie. Really good game. You know what? I'm going to tell you guys one more game thing that's really cool. There's this, uh, there, you guys know like Flash games, like on the computer? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to have these. So there's this like dude. I don't know where he's from. I think he's from Asia or something. He makes these like little games called Grow. So it's like Grow Plant, Grow Technology, Grow Civilization, whatever, right? So the whole thing is like you have to make these small decisions that, and then time keeps going and then things change, right? So it could be like how civilizations progress or how animals evolve or how technologies happen. So, you know, you know, it'd be sick, man. I'd love to, I guess, like, uh, like grow civilizations and like uh, evolve things. That'd be sick. That'd be cool. That's my, what was my the, desire. What was the name of that game from like 2006 or se- uh, like Spore? Spore was yeah, like, yeah, that. It's like that. That's my favorite shit. That's just so cool to me. Yeah. yeah. I think to answer my own question, my life is the Stanley parable and the way that it is now is oh, I'm, wow. I'm listening to the narrator, but I would like to not listen to the narrator. That's yeah. What, what is Stanley parable? I don't know what that is. Stanley parable is this very simple steam game where you are a dude in an office and you hear like an omniscient narrator telling you like what Stanley does and like, you know, you can win the game by listening to the narrator and it's just about Stanley getting out of the building and that's all you do you can you can complete it in 10 minutes or you can completely not listen to the narrator and do your own thing until you find like like just this crazy weird shit that's like going on in the building and it just gets so meta and the narrator gets increasingly frustrated with you for not listening to him sounds very stressful i'm sorry about your life Anthony. <laughs> I'd rather not listen to the narrator because who knows what I could discover in this building that yeah, is my life. I feel that. Yeah, that's true. I agree. That's a good way. Who is the narrator in your life, Anthony? Uh, my intrusive thoughts. True. But, Facts. you know, this has been a really great conversation, but unfortunately, we got to start wrapping things up. Before we do, though, who would like to play a little game of hashtag mood? Me. Two hands. Hey, we got, a, yes. we got a theme song yes. for this. I will never get tired of that hashtag mood song. So thank you, Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. I think Jacob Jeffries actually just came out with a new song because I saw it on Instagram the other day. So go check out his work. He is a lot of fun. But what is hashtag mood, you ask? Hashtag mood is the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex how good we are at building playlists. What we're going to do is go over to the Tunes and Tumblers inbox where people, fans of the show, fans of the artists we have talked to, have left us moods. These are things floating about in their mind that they want turned into playlists. We're going to grab a couple of them and turn each one into the ultimate Spotify playlist. And I've got those two picked out right now. Who would like to hear the first one? I wouldn't mind. Good. We have at least one person who's excited. This one is... I was, ex- I was, I was just being a feminist. <laughs> Perfect. Let woman speak. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> just make sure that you're propping up a girl boss. That's what's important. Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> this this first one is pretty similar to what we've been talking about, oddly enough. It comes to us from at IDavidQ97 on Instagram, who wants a playlist for realizing that you're in a TV show. Mm, true. Well, I give you <coughs> stuff, I'm going to give you a song. Each of us gets to pick one or two songs that go with this mood. Mm, I actually listen to shit like this all the time. This is what I listen to most of the time. Cool. Picturing that you're in your own TV show. I really like... um. Hmm. Listen to a lot of ambient music. You know what? I'm gonna go with "Infinity Repeating" by Daft Punk, featuring Julian Casablancas in the Voids. Very cool. Oh yeah. Don't have a great description as to why. I just feel like it fits the mood. I found this one song. You guys ever watch that movie, uh, Virgin Suicide? Oh, I found it. Playground Love it, by Air makes me feel like I'm in a really weird dream. Alone in Kyoto, also. The theme from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Those are, those are good. Those are good. Good uh, movies. 
good ambient songs. Yeah, I think those are those are great movies too that also fit the mood in the way that like uh, in the Virgin Suicides, the girls were always being you know perceived and watched by the guys, and uh, Eternal Sunshine at Spotless Mind I think just hits directly on that mood. Mm. Awesome, I win. Awesome. <laughs> The only, like, I cannot get this out of my head, and I don't think this is a song you can find anywhere, but there's that one episode of Family Guy from, like, 2002, where he asks a genie for his own theme music, and it's just, as he's walking around, the music keeps changing, Um, and I just keep thinking about that. Like, I would just like my own, like, ambient, what is he, what is he up to right now? If you could pick any band to write your theme music, what band would you pick? Fountains of Wayne, specifically Adam Schlesinger, because he's so good at it. In fact, I think my theme song might be "You're My Best Friend," and I know, and I know I'm not yours by, um, well, it's it's from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, he wrote right. that song. All right, you could probably find that on the soundtrack. Probably. Or oh my god, the 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 one that um, Greg sings, um, I could if I wanted to, but I don't. That feels very Anthony. <laughs> Would agree. Okay, so those two, if you can find them on the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend soundtrack. I like it. This is a good playlist, but we have one more we can do if everyone's down. And this is also kind of in the same vein. This one is also from Instagram. It's from at Madison Walker McKenzie, who wants a playlist that can help her escape from reality. Wow. Something's up with society. (laughs) (laughs) These are the moods that people have. Maybe um, exit music for a film by Radiohead. (gasps) Yes. Oh, my God. You know, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go with something really fun and, you know, not in reality. Um, it's got to be something stupid, man. It's got to be, you know, I think like 2010's pop music is like great escapism, you know, because no matter how fucked up the world was, you listen to a song like, I'm going to dance the night away till the world dies and I'm young and I'm, you know, like that's great. Like that's, DJ, turn on my song, going to pour a drink, yeah, going to dance okay. with my friends. I got a feeling is the greatest like escapist song because no matter what's going on in the world, you got you got that feeling, you know. So that's my take. Mm-hmm. I dig that. That's really good. So Radiohead and then Black Eyed Peas right next to each other. Yeah. I like a natural combination. I'm gonna go with a song that just came out. Um, Nothing but Thieves came out with this new album called Dead Club City. That's a concept album about a city that is a club, um, mm. and it's very like. Uh, disco futurism which doesn't sound like them at all in fact like the the whole aesthetic for this is like uh 1970s um technicolor sci-fi and it's very disco so the first song on the album is called welcome to the dcc and it's just this crazy fun like justice and um uh uh daft punk uh influenced club song and it's just like, you can come here to forget all your troubles and you're living in like a city that is a nightclub. And that's what I'd like to do to escape reality. Slide. Very cool. I like it. Very cool. Listeners, do you have a mood of your own? Why not stop by the Tunes and Tumblers inbox? You can either hit us up in our DMs on Instagram or we actually have a hotline you can call. That is 626-604-6477. We also take text messages. Let us know how you're feeling, what's on your mind, and who knows, your favorite artist just may make you a playlist on the air. But unfortunately, it's that time to wind things down, shut up the bar, replace the floorboards to keep that Pokemon card collection under the bar nice and secure. But before we go, does anyone have any lingering thoughts? Curtis, do you have anything you would like to plug for our listeners? Yeah, um, listen to my album. I worked hard on it and I spent a lot of money making it. So I hope you like it and you tell your friends and you tell your kids one day. And I hope you have. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Of course. And it's a great album. I can vouch as somebody who didn't make the album. It is a really good one. It's a good one. It's one of the better ones that we have had on this show. So go check it out. Have a good time. And also get into your feels. It's got a little of something for everyone. This is very true. I agree. As someone who made the album. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on every platform. Also, rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so much. And if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom, you'll find a link where you can support the pod directly. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks 
Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Fransblau and researched by the one and only Lily Eason. Jamie Kahn handles all our digital content. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers! There it is. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.